So, ladies and gentlemen, we currently find ourselves in really testing times. The entire world is just learning to live with a global health crisis. And it's kind of a stage where we're getting used to it. Where we're getting used to how our new lifestyle feels like, how staying at home feels like. And in many countries, it's a bit of a hybrid, how staying at home and going out to work and all that stuff is working out. And these testing times are extended far beyond the regular world. But they've also gone towards Formula One, quite literally, because this is the week where the Formula One preseason testing begins. And of course, here on the Inside Line F1 podcast, we're going to get down to it. We're going to discuss more about preseason testing, what excites us the most, and why you should be keeping a very keen eye on that. Keeping that in mind, folks, welcome to our third episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast live. My name is Samuel Arora, and I'm joined by Kunal Shah. And you, you must know Kunal by this stage. Kunal is X-Force India marketing head. He used to be a racing driver. I mean, of all the things in the world, a, a sailor as well, I think for the yacht clubs and so much more currently working as a, as a motorsport consultant for the VR Sport Network. And I'm going to say this, I say this every single time, but among other things, that's the most fascinating part. So, uh, Kunal, <laughs> really, really fun part of the year, this. We've seen all the car launches, we've seen what the cars look like, what the liveries look like. Finally, it's time we can get down in and see what the performance like. Yes. Somil, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, the testing live. But first and foremost, thank you very much uh, for that lovely introduction. And I usually never get to return the favor and let uh, or remind people uh, who you are. <laughs> I mean, you did last usually, time out. Yes. But, you know, Somil, as we all know, is, is the host of uh, The Driving Force, uh, the web series that uh, we've all seen on Hotstar among other things as well. And of course, he's a very well-followed uh, motorsport commentator on the iRacing network as well. So, Samuel, it's great to have you. Great to do the live shows yet again. And uh, it's going to be testing times. Uh, you know, in less than 48 hours, we're going to yep. see Formula One cars back in action. And above everything else, Samuel, just getting the cars, getting to see the cars live again is what I am so kicked about because hey, it's it's been almost you know just about three months. I think on the thirteenth of March it'll be uh, what three months or four months since mm. uh, three months actually since Formula One cars were last driven in anger. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what what happens this weekend. It's interesting, no? I mean, I think this has to be one of the shortest Formula One off seasons in history because we ended I think midway through December, and yet. It's been so amazing that even at the start of March, we feel like it's been an age, it's been a decade since we last had Formula One races. It's just the kind of impact that the sport can have on us. But let's let's actually get down into the teams and uh, what to expect. Because I think the first thing we must touch upon, Kunal, apart from the cars and the teams and what to expect technically, is that it's it's more condensed than ever. It's a three-day test. And most importantly, it's very much condensed into a form of a spectacle, like a weekend show of sorts. Yes, I mean, I think 2015 was last when our gentleman in the in the pits to podium team told us that that was the last time that Formula One testing was actually held on the weekend. And this is mm. the first time since then that we are seeing testing on the weekend. And great to see that they're actually treating it as a spectacle. Uh, you know, I think Liberty Media has really streamlined a lot of things in the build-up to the season. Uh, we've seen how, you know, each team took their own time, but they made sure that their presentations of car deliveries were really spot on. 
Yep. Even if a certain <laughs> number of them were, you know, sort of leaked, so to say, right? Um, but, uh, you know, as you'll see, we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday of testing. And, you know, four days after that, we are going to see the Netflix Drive to Survive Season 3 go live. Yep. And then, you know, about 10 days after that or less than less than 10 days after that, we're going to have the season go live, right? So mm. it's 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 a grand spectacle. And, you know, they're trying to make the most of pretty much all the track time they get from from a fan engagement point of view and that's also why it's going to be live on formula 1 tv as well f1 tv as we know it yeah f1 tv sky sports and if you're watching in india you will still have to resort to those cheap streams or whatever but that's just the way of the world that's just how it is but it it should be actually a lot of fun formula 1 has transformed this they've got big tv coverage they've got commentators for testing, it's like a live podcast that's rolling around. But folks, if you want to listen to podcasts, you know this place. You know exactly why you're here. And I hope you're enjoying our content too. But it's it's funny, isn't it? It's funny how testing has changed, Kunal. Because early on, it used to be many, many days. Unlimited testing for that matter. Then due to budget caps, we had to cut it down to two weeks. Now it's only three odd days. And the season's not too far away. It's only 10 odd days. How do you think teams will cope? And rather, I, I think it's just put a thought in my mind that testing is just more like a mock test of sorts. It's not really the most essential thing in the world that they are so strong with the simulations and they just need to do it for the sake of doing it. And even with only three days of running, they can be ready for an entire season of 21 days, 21 races within 10 days. And that's that's insane to think because 10 days is barely any time to grab any feedback and work on it really hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's but that's the level of operations that Formula One does. They will come prepared with their simulation models and all the simulator data that they have. And, you know, of course, teams will run correlations to make sure that what they actually found in the simulator Mm -hmm. actually delivers to their expectations on track. But Samuel, one of the other things to look forward to this weekend Mm -hmm. is going to be one of the other out of several that we will talk about is definitely going to be you know how uh for example new drivers settle into the new oh yeah because that is one big area of improvement that they will find through the season as well right so drivers like fernando alonso coming back to formula one carlos Sainz settling into uh ferrari sebastian fettel uh bringing aston martin up to his expectations and i can of course go on and on about all the driver changes that that are happening but uh, let's remember there are just one and a half driver days of testing that will be allowed you know in in some cases like williams they are actually giving test drivers a full (laughs) day of testing as well don't ask me why but uh, you know i'm pretty sure that those drivers are really looking forward to settling into the operational modes with their teams and their engineers and the like so lots of so while we will sit back and enjoy the fun you know at our pace they will literally mm. be chasing time trying to make the most of every second that they can in the build up to the season somal hmm Actually, let's spin this up a little bit. Let's actually ask you why Williams have given one whole day to 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 Nisani. I mean, I don't get it. I know money is a big factor, and we discussed it on our last pitch to podium live inside line F1 podcast line, mind you. That Williams are getting out of that sort of cycle of hiring pay drivers, but you've only got three days. You're probably a team that needs the most amount of testing, right? Because you know we're there in terms of points, and you end up giving it. To Roy Nassani. 
a whole day, not even half a session. What's what's going on here? It's it's almost like they waved the white flag and said, "That's it, 2021's done. We're just here to collect the money." <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll uh, you know I'll I'll stay away from speculation. We we, we all probably <laughs> can imagine what it's like, but you know they've justified it uh, in a very in a very sound manner. Williams, mm. one of three teams that don't have a driver change happening so to say right yep. in which case they're like okay since the driver lineup is stable uh, uh, you know we could actually use this chance to give our test driver some mileage as well of course that said uh, you know some of the other teams that that are far higher up the grid than williams could have thought the same way but yep. they haven't done so so you know let's just wait and watch uh, of what roy nissan is also capable of somel but that that actually makes me you know, wonder and some of the, the 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 most fun thing to look forward to in testing for me uh-huh. is is the fact that which team and which driver will pull out what we call a PR lap, right? Mm. A lap which is going to make all of us sit and take notice, but is not going to be representative of their actual form. <laughs> for the 2021 Formula 1 season. Do you want to take a guess? It's not even a guess. It is going to be Red Bull. It has to be Red Bull. Who else? Who else is going to do that? They just have to go in there and say to the world that, right, this is the year when we finally dethrone Mercedes after what? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, I think that's seven odd years, that is. (laughs) Has to be them. Yeah, I mean, I remember it was the young driver's test when I sort of expect, I sort of thought that maybe it was Alonso and Renault that hmm. put one of those PR laps in place. You know, the fastest young driver was the oldest driver uh, of the test and so on. But so the PR laps is, is one thing. The second uh, most, uh, actually second not being the word, because I probably have lost count of the number of things uh, that we should look forward to in testing. But mm-hmm. one of the other things, you know, I love seeing those contraptions that suddenly show up on cars you know the cars oh, yeah. looking like transformer cars and people you know teams are running uh they're mm-hmm. collecting real car data while they're running those sensors and and the stack of sensors as as we've seen them so i'm looking forward to seeing them Samuel. and then of course you know the new liveries we've seen them under studio lights we've seen yeah. them as cad drawings we've seen them as leaked images we've seen them as Images uh, revealed an hour before scheduled time and so <laughs> on. I will not name the teams, yes. But uh, the fact is we will get to see how those liveries uh, look in action as well, mm. how they look on camera and how distinctive they are this time. Because for once, we have distinct distinctive livery amongst yeah. all the 10 racing uh, car or 10 racing teams as well. Exactly. And and just to call back on the Williams car, I mean, it's completely distinct. And if anything, I mean, not to put any shade on Roy Nassani, he's definitely not going to be at the same level of performance as George Russell. But I've heard that when a car is going slightly slower, it's better to look at. I mean, we can get an easier chance to marvel at that lovely Williams livery. Now, I hope hope Nassani is really quick. Fingers crossed for him. But uh, this also brings me to the point, Kunal. Younger drivers. Now, back in the day, you used to have unlimited testing, right? All your Jensen Buttons and Fernando Alonso's of your world, they've got ample of time to get accustomed to the cars. But now, that's not very much the case. Your Mick Schumacher's and Nikita Mazepin's haven't really done proper representative testing miles. They can be in a bit of a spot here because they've only got three odd days to properly understand the car 
for 21, 22 odd races, it's it's not going to be an easy task by any stretch of the imagination. It won't, and I suspect that you know we will also see the younger drivers, or the ones making debuts, and sort of uh, making a comeback. Maybe even in the case of Fernando Alonso, use mm. the first uh, you know FP sessions to sort of settle in and still get their systems right and so on. And, you know, thankfully, uh, simulation systems will just sort of make uh, things better for them uh, mm. to sort of get used to. But yes, it's definitely a far more steep learning curve for the younger drivers debuting this season than it was, say, a couple of seasons ago, just given the sheer condensation of programs that, uh, you know, teams will run. And, uh, uh, you know, another point, Samil, we are going to be testing in Bahrain, which yes. is not is not the best circuit to evaluate uh, the aero configurations and the aero setups of racing cars like, say, Circuit de Catalunya has has offered, right? But what uh, testing in Bahrain this year will offer us is a very direct comparison between the 2021 modified cars and modified because of the aero changes that, you know, we will... Uh, that we will see on the cars this year to the chassis and to several other aspects. And like I said, I won't get too technical mm. about what's changing. We all know uh, Mercedes have revealed a, a very good uh, imagery of what actually changes uh, on the cars uh, <laughs> this year as well. So, uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, we will be able to make a far more like-to-like comparison uh, between cars this year yeah. and, and the cars uh, from last year. Not so much so visually, but more so about you know how different are the lap times, right? And yeah. yes, we will not know what fuel loads they are running, but you know for for those who are following Formula One since uh, many years, we'll know how to sort of uh, extract the fuel deficit, right? Or or the fuel penalty, as they call it, right? Hmm. Uh, when when you read lap times during testing as well, so it might just be cars going round and round. But, you know, all the data that they end up throwing uh, to us on the timing screens will reveal a lot more to us uh, over the weekend. Exactly. There's a reason why Bahrain works as well. In the daytime, it's extremely hot. Can give you a very good idea about what the Asian races are going to be like. In the evening, well, it's it just it's more like standard European afternoon temperatures of sorts. So it can give you a, a, a bigger perspective on what to expect in both cases. But you're right, Kunal. It's been it's been a while since Formula One has tested in Bahrain, and the aerodynamics are going to be very interesting. Mercedes have been more upfront. They've gone up there and they've explained what the rules are like. Perhaps because they don't really have any reason to worry with the other teams but a lot of team a lot of the teams have been hiding their floors that's been very interesting right and all the launches and all the pictures they've blurred out the flow is it really worth that much Kunal, the gamesmanship because you can't quite make any changes midway through the season so why bother i mean what's what's that tough love all about here you know i'm going to quote Toto wolf here he said there's no point in showing all our goods so hmm. early in the season, right? And um, I would do the same thing if I was a team principal, hiding all my secrets under the hood, making sure that uh, you know people don't get any sort of competitive advantage into any sort of designs and structures we've made on the cars. And it's only it's only fair to sort of expect them to do that. And so hmm. it's also this secrecy level in Formula One that makes us love the sport that much. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of military secrecy that they they follow. Uh, you know, in Formula One, they've all got uh, cybersecurity solutions uh, partners, and uh, you know, at least uh, on a lighter note, uh, the three teams that had liveries leaked 
will probably not be <laughs> pleased with with the kind of publicity that their cyber security would have re- received but you know on on a more serious note yes i think uh we probably will not see what the actual cars are going to be like all the way till hmm. uh you know the first race of the the season i don't expect uh, you know all teams to show come up all guns blazing with all their uh plans for 2021 this weekend but we will still see very strong baseline cars that they hmm. will need to build forward on and this actually just brings me to one of the last points i i have about what th- this weekend is going to throw for us right given the three day period somel mm-hmm. teams will not have the luxury of time to sort yeah. of uh you know sandbag as much as they would probably do so before you you have to have your program and follow it you will not be able to afford any reliability issues uh mm-hmm. you will need to extract as much mileage as you possibly can because hey that's what all your competitors are doing and you know for the likes of say alpine you know they will be the only ones collecting data and mileage on their engine because they don't have a customer team whereas you know uh, we know in the case of honda mercedes and and exactly, ferrari yeah. they they have customer teams as as uh, you know that they will get power unit data from as well so lots of variables again to look forward to and like we've been saying it's no longer just going to be 2020 version 2 it is definitely 2021 formula 1 season yeah that's an that's an excellent point you see but again my mind still goes back to williams when teams don't have time to sandbag why are you putting your test driver who hasn't raced in formula 1 there i i don't know i'm still still not going to know the answer to this by the end of 2022 until durnton come themselves and say exactly what's happened it's it's money but uh, that that's I'll, a very I'll, f- i'll actually add to that i would still be not so much surprised if they put a jack aitken in the car <laughs> who actually drove for them last year who is the stand in driver they will go exactly. to in case something happens to their racing car drivers but again like you said we let dorolton answer that when they need to if they need to <laughs> if they need to is the critical point critical point i'm sorry but aitken would still be a better choice in relation because at least he's done a formula 1 race before still representative but that, that's an excellent point right teams have to hide they don't really have any time to go out there and sandbag like they used to in the previous years it's it's very much go 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 but this condensed schedule also reminds me kunal the pressure on the team now you you've been in that environment I mean before you know how high profile and how I mean at least back in the day it was slightly less intense than it is right now but what do you expect it to be like from a team's perspective for their modules or their programs because inevitably there are going to be some things that go wrong right there may be the engine sometimes the front wing falls off there may be a red flag due to gravel on the track or whatever it it can really throw off all your programs and when you've only got 3 days you're expecting to do a lot in so little can that really have a major impact on the way teams carry things out you know it all depends what the level of interruptions are going to be because if it's a minor interruption of some uh, parts falling off or gravel on the track or or a red flag impeding or something it's okay but if there is a major crash which requires mm-hmm. a rebuild and and you know which sort of uh, uh, throws them back a couple of hours then it'll be tougher to crawl back that time similarly with say power unit uh, related issues uh, that they could face uh again it 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 will all depend on just how much longer 
will that issue take to fix and how much track time yeah. will it cost the team in representative conditions because like you said you know there is it's it's bahrain it's uh, changing track conditions uh, as we've always seen but you know at the end of the day as as formula 1 fans which is what we always are uh, first and foremost it's going to be great to see the cars in action this week yeah. as well honestly kunal which driver pairing are you most excited to see there are a few but which one of those are you most excited to see on the track personally for me i mean i i can't frankly go beyond fernando alonso back because there is fernando alonso of course but uh, who excites you the most kunal out of all the new drivers joining in um actually very tough to make a pick but if okay since you asked me one i will try and stick to one it is going to be uh. sebastian fettel Ah. it is going to be aston martin i think the way that they have hyped up their re-entry to formula 1 for all the good reasons they should because you know it's it's mm. a fantastic uh, uh, you know car brand re-entering formula 1 uh, with history from the past as well uh, you know chetan gupta a friend of mine who's been watching formula 1 for over two decades now uh, he actually wrote to me a couple of days ago saying There's something in the way Aston Martin is marketing their racing team. They mm-hmm. they are trying to make you a fan of the team and their drivers even if you may not have been one before, right? So there is something about their 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 communication and their and their messaging and the way they've gone about doing things, right? So I am excited to see how much do they live up to that hype, right? Because mm. come come Monday, you know, come the day after testing uh what we will do is we will all sit down and decipher and dissect all the uh you know post testing uh, headlines that would have been made uh some of the team principles would be like okay that's it i don't think we uh, we will be able to compete for the championship this year or they'll say hey we're going to face stiff competition this year you know and uh you could almost guess which teams i'm talking about while i say mm. this right yeah, exactly. but but we will we will see different teams make different noises and i'm pretty excited to see which ones sort of put their foots uh, put their foot out a little more boldly than before because that's my mm. style of sort of consuming the sport hey if you're good at it talk about it and do it exactly that's the thing right and last year it was funny because there were headlines coming in the ferrari might be challenging mercedes at last out of testing and then look at the kind of year they ended up having so it's it's all that sort of funny games going on around there with teams trying to hide things teams teams sometimes trying to go ahead and show what it's all about and and one instance that comes to mind is bron gp 2009 where they literally couldn't hide you've got the pigs i mean at the end of the day you have to show it and i think it's going to be somewhat similar but you know this is one thing that often tends to happen right when we're watching testing it, it's so interesting that the times are available for us to see and now we know i mean we've been watching for a while we get it that teams may might have different uh, testing modules some they might be testing some other part maybe some other thing they might be having an installation lap of sorts but for at the end of the day looking at the times it's hard not to get excited at the pecking order how how do you stay away from stuff like that when it's so visually there the timings and everything for you to see i mean we know that it may not be it but more often than not it does give you a pretty good idea about how the pecking order may be it it does give you a, a decent idea yes you're correct but you know frankly i i for personally i don't end up uh checking the pecking order uh between the teams 
all I get interested in is, uh, you know, uh, comparing the team's performance from this year to last year. And, you know, uh, again, to give a very simple formula at the top of my head is, you know, we had the Bahrain Grand Prix last year. We're going to have mm-hmm. the test in Bahrain this year. And then the opening race of the season uh, is going to be the Bahrain Grand Prix as well, right? And I would love to see uh, how much lap time has the 2021 regulations cost uh, us uh, in relative terms, right? So if I was yep. to say, if I was to pick a Mercedes car, I know what they did last year in the Bahrain Grand Prix. We will see what they do uh, best this year in the test. Like I said, there will be a fuel load penalty that all cars will carry. And then I would love to see what they do at the Bahrain Grand Prix, which is the opening race of the season. So it gives us a fair bit of relative uh, comparison between three, uh, you know, very accurate data points, right? So... Uh, I think that's what we will all be looking forward to seeing as well, Somil, because then we can also make some guesses on fuel loads and stuff. So uh, like like you and I keep a historical check on this sort of data, we'll be happy to you know share our views uh, as the season goes along during our live shows and as well as on the podcast. Absolutely. Follow us. I mean, all our links are in the show notes. And if you don't know the places, it's pitstopodium.com, Insideline F1 podcast, wherever you can find your podcasts and also on our social media channels. But Kunal, uh, one, one really, one of the final things that's coming to my mind is liveries. Now, we tend to ignore it on the podcast, right? We, we often speak about the more serious stuff, but we can digress here today. We have the opportunity. And this year, we really have some very beautiful cars. And you mentioned early on, it's more distinct than we've ever seen. There's no typical red car and only red. I mean, they've all gone for something really separate. Even Mercedes, for that matter, have kept their lovely black livery. And I absolutely love it. But of all the ones that we've seen, which one are you most excited to see on the track? Now, it's not going to be Ferrari with their awful green mission winnow thing that they put on there that just got released as we were speaking this. But speaking about this, I'm sorry. But which one excites you the most of all the liveries? Well, that's that's a tough one because, you know, I generally don't end up focusing so much on liveries. But uh, I'm excited to see the British green on track. You know, we saw mm-hmm. it back in times with Caterham, just that the car was so slow that we almost never focused on uh, the livery at that time. Uh, so it it would be Aston Martin at some level. I also think that Alpha Tauri looks really gorgeous, even though they've literally <laughs> just inverted the blue and white <laughs> application that's there. The one team that I, I think sh- that should change the livery is definitely... Uh, Haas, you know, for all uh, Varda reasons and and whatever that comes along with the the Russian band that's there, I think it's an interesting marketing yeah. guerrilla marketing way to sort of you know sneak in the Russian flag. But uh, exactly, yeah, that's that's one team I guess you know we'll we'll be a little uh, less excited about for for all the right reasons. But uh, yeah, may, like I said, you know, Aston Martin and then maybe Alpha Tauri. How about you, mm. Samuel? I'm compelled to say Williams because it's a it's a fresh new car. Some people have said that it looks exactly like a livery that you can to pick on the F1 2020 mobile game, but I'll still let that slide. I still want to see what Williams looks like. And it also brings me to the second livery. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's it's just amazing to see what it's actually like, but it also brings a little bit of controversy. The Haas one. Now, Nityanand has actually recommended to speak about this topic, and we shall speak about this just a little bit. Mick Schumacher 
to race under a Russian flag. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the car that is, he's obviously going to race under a German flag. That is, but it's it's not even it's not even subtle anymore, Kunal. It's actually a proper Russian flag on an American team's car. It, it's like what the Cold War hero. I mean, heroes are. I mean, whatever you'd like to call them, I won't quite use that word. But the Cold War participants would look down upon very badly. It's like the ultimate nightmare for them. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, the Haas is where I think the big controversies are going to be around the season for all the right or wrong reasons, as you see it. Uh, hopefully, they are sort of made to change it. But, you know, interesting way to deal with the ban from a marketing point of view. And I'm a marketer first before uh, everything else, <laughs> right? So I, I was pretty impressed when I saw that. It seemed like a, the obvious way to go. And, you know, coming to Mick Schumacher, I'm pretty sure he just wants to drive the wheels of that car, beat Nikita Mazepin, see if he can do what George Russell has done the last couple of seasons, you know, impressed us uh, with his talent, despite having not such a great car under him. And he wouldn't care if, you know, the car the car was painted with the colors of North Korea for all I would know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the lovely thing, right? Formula 2 world champion. There is the pressure of the surname, but he's a pretty fast driver, Mick. Also, Kunal, one, one thing that Nitin has also pointed out is to identify seven differences between the RB16 and the RB16B liveries. <laughs> well, let's let's pull it back a little bit. Or the RB15, or the 14, or the 13. Can, can you pick out a single difference, Kunal, by any chance? No, I can't. And this is where I'm going to ask our legion of listeners and viewers and followers <laughs> on social media guys please write to us you know where to find us and let us know if you find any differences in the red bull livery and mm. this of course doesn't include the sponsors that they've been able to bring to the team thanks to checo perez's yep. presence in the team absolutely finally Kunal, before we head off a more serious topic before we close up and this is more interesting more regarding the regulations we spoke about the floor early on we spoke about why teams are planning to hide but just what is it under there because the changes they, they were minor 2021 regulation changes were have not really been the biggest changes in the world they, they've just been minor changes here and there but what really is it that they're planning to hide you know, we've been saying it's minor, but, you know, I sat through an Andrew Green press conference uh, several months ago when we discussed the 2021, uh, mm. you know, uh, changes that that uh, that we will see on the cars this year. And he said they look minor, but they are actually very major mm. because they change the overall performance of the car at every point, right from the, the front to the back. And it's about finding that balance is what the teams will be working hard towards, right? So uh, mm. like we always hear in Formula One, give the engineers time and they will claw back as much lost downforce as they possibly can. And, you know, the easiest way to sort of answer one of the biggest changes, Samuel, is the way Ted Kravitz put it in one of his videos that you remember, guys, when a driver actually has a, a rear uh, tire suspension failure or, or sorry, not a suspension failure, a puncture. Yeah. And then he uh, loses a, a piece of uh, the floor right before the, the rear tire. And that's exactly the piece of floor that the FI have removed on the cars legally this year. So that's mm. visually speaking. But on the performance side of things, that little piece of floor is going to definitely cost teams downforce. And Samuel, the 
error changes on the car are of course not under the token systems you can develop yep. the aerodynamics as you as you want uh, along the way it's only the far more major changes uh, that sort of need tokens to go towards like suspensions and gearboxes and and so on right so uh, the interesting things that we will see not just in testing but through the season is how teams develop their cars on the aero side of things to claw back all the lost performances hmm Finally, Kunal, before we head off, what excites you the most about testing? Apart from, apart from the liver, apart from the aerodynamics, my apologies, about to see how it works out and how they compare to the 2020 cars here in Bahrain. I think, like I said, you know, for me, the most exciting thing about testing will always be these comparisons that we can do, these assumptions that we can do, uh, you know, about performances, about fuel loads, about trying to find the pecking order and so on. And we may not be able to find the most accurate one lap pace pecking order, but uh, you know we will be able to make far more uh, calculated guesses about the race order. So that's what I am actually looking forward to. You know, when we get the long runs in and when we see the race uh, uh, race runs going in, that's when all eyes will light up and all pens will be on the pads making uh, making notes. Exactly. And we all just love to do it, don't we? It's just the most fun thing in the world where testing's almost done. You can start making your notes, start looking at the timings and um, I think maybe Red Bull are going to be the one who wins or whatnot. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really good fun. And it may not be the most productive thing in the world to do, but it, let's admit it. It's just a big guilty pleasure of all Formula One fans. And at last, we can do this with a more smaller, more condensed format over the weekend. So you don't even have to sneak out while watching, while doing work and have a small phone attached right there to watch the testing. You can do it at ease, at your pleasure, while sitting at home, maybe even while you're with friends, whatever it may be. But folks, that's about it from us today on the Inside Line F1 podcast live. Let us know your thoughts on testing by getting reaching out to us on our social media platforms. And if you can, if you're watching on the video format, by dropping down below in the comments. Should be fun, should be interesting, and we should be back with more coverage for the season, apart from our race previews and the race reviews, with a few special interviews as well. So stick around here, folks. More good stuff um, coming up next. Thank you, Samuel, and see you guys after the testing commences. I'm sure Somil and I will have lots of notes to share. <laughs> oh, absolutely. See you then, folks. See you around. And have a good time watching the testing. Bye-bye.